Hello and welcome to the Rural Bookkeeping Podcast. This podcast shares bookkeeping tips, tricks and general business advice to help you grow your business. In case we haven't met, my name is Emily Cinderberry. I'm a rural bookkeeper, business improvement specialist, mum and farmer. I live on a property north of Condoblin in central west New South Wales and I'm passionate about supporting rural small businesses. Let's dive into today's episode. Hi, Tim. Thanks so much for joining me today on the Rural Bookkeeping Podcast. Um, We're going to chat about the importance of strategic planning in agribusiness. But first, can you tell us a bit about yourself and your business? Hi, Emily. Uh, Thanks for having me. Um, So we we run an agribusiness consulting business based out of Albury in New South Wales. We've got clients based from sort of southern Victoria up up into the bottom of Queensland. Um, and we predominantly work around, you know, we still do a bit of agronomy out in paddocks, um, a lot of agribusiness planning with clients and farm business assessments. Uh, we do some training and run, run masterminds and, and training for, for young farmers trying to get into farming and, and looking to raise capital um, through Cultivate Farms. We also run a, um, a, a finance broken business as well. So that sort of sits off the side to the uh, to the agribusiness business that we run. Awesome. Yeah, well, sounds like lots of different ways and um, our listeners could get in contact if they, um, if they needed any of that. So let's dive into some strategic planning in agribusiness. Can you explain what uh, strategic planning involves? Um, so for us, it's a process around initially finding out it's, it's about developing a good business plan and where we want the business to be in five to 10 years time. And the key for, for us around that is finding out why it is people are farming or the business they're running is finding out why it is you're doing it and why it is the key stakeholders of the family are there and what it is they want to achieve. So you know, understanding the husband, the wife and the kids, you know, half the kids are old enough to be involved, what it is they want out of the farm and what it is they want to achieve. And then we understand why. Um, we also want to establish the the values of the business, and that and that can come down to you know how you want to operate professionally, but also you know different people have got different ideas on either regen or organic or zero till or conventional farming or how they want to operate, which different areas they want to operate in, um, and and how they want to deal with people in the outside world, as in you know how you want to conduct yourself professionally with with businesses and, and other people you interact with. Um, and then once we understand those things, we can start to look at you know, financial modelling and, and things around that. So it's a process of going through understanding why people are doing things, what they want to do and how they want to do it. And then, and then at the end of it, we model out you know, up to five or six different scenarios that could actually, that people identify as ways to move the business forward and try and find yeah, I think that's really to that. Yeah, really important to have that foundation and understanding of why people are there and what they want from it before we even look at the financials. I think that's really important. It's one of the key things we learned a fair few years ago. We had a mentor come up and work with, with my wife and I in our business. I still don't know how we ended up in coming up and working with us. He was, and he was consulting into um, ASX 500 companies and all the rest of it. Um, and he owed a favour to a friend. So... We were lucky and he sat down with us and he went through setting out owner objectives first and how important that is. Because I think a lot of people, um, like 
what, why they're doing it often comes down to leaving a legacy for the kids. It comes down to, you know, things that they want to achieve in their life. But it's there's sort of intangible things that aren't financial. Um, and we yeah. sort of find with, with a lot of agribusinesses, all farmers and all businesses are great at telling you, you know, how many tonnes to the hectare they want to grow, how many kgs of wool to the hectare they want to do, how many cattle they want, whatever properties they're growing, what the, the, the normal benchmarks we look at as a business, they all understand them. And so often we find as when you're dealing with farm businesses, they go flat out trying to achieve those goals. And so you'll get farmers out there working on 18 hours a day to try and grow these crops and all the rest of it. But they forget the reason why they're there is to leave a legacy to the kids. And the net result of that is that, and we, we all know of it, but people that end up going through family breakups because the why of creating a lifestyle for their family got left behind and the why yeah. of creating the, the production. Um, yeah, no, that's a really good way of putting it, isn't it? And so if we look at the, the why first and then we try and bus- we model that out and then we'll find in that often, you know, we've got to find time for a holiday. We've got to find time for you know, these other things and, you know, where the kids go to school and all the other things that, that, that are around it. And then we sort of go through the process and if we do the financial scenarios and they don't support the why, we've got to change the business plan. So it's, it's yeah. always, it always comes back to why. And then when you, when you start talking in that way, um, opportunities look different as well. Yeah. And I think also that they not only look different, but, often there's a whole lot more opportunity arises too. Yeah. I think the, the best, one of the best examples I had early days when we started doing this, we walked into a, a long-term client of mine and we sat down and we did a whole heap of financial modelling for him on, on what could happen. And he had a, a very clear idea on how he was going to reduce risk in his business. And it was going to be to reduce his area and his size and, and cut down on what he was doing. And we sat down with a with a board, which included me as a consultant, another really good consultant, their accountant and the husband and wife. And we pulled apart their why and what they were doing. And we looked at all the financial models and we did a 180 degree turn and we went completely the other direction. Um, <laughs> and I think it's still the base of what, um, what they do today. Now, I, I don't work with them anymore, still really good friends with them, but we've moved away. Um, and you still talk to them about what they're doing. It's the base of what they're doing. And the business is not the same business as what it was, but they've looked at their business around more in wealth creation and legacy for the next generation, which meant that when opportunities come up, they went, they would look at something else, like you said, they'd look at something else and go, actually, while we're doing this and what we're trying to achieve, we couldn't do it through the, the business model they're running, but there was other opportunities that they could take. Yeah, they've been really, really successful for the business, but they had that different yeah. perspective on why, why they were operating the business because it wasn't around the tons per hectare. Yeah, it was around that creating inter- intergenerational wealth and setting up their family for the long term. Yeah, fantastic. I think um, a lot of listeners would get a lot of value from that, and I think it's yeah, having an open mind, and it's in all businesses. It's not only farming; it can be any rural business. Yeah you get stuck doing the do and not thinking about, you know, why you are there. So that's, I think that's a really good tip. And that's, and that's something we'll work a lot on as, as we get into is actually pulling into the next level of, you know, we get a, we get a 10 year plan on where we're going a five to 10 year idea of where we want to be. And then we look at, you know, we pull that back to three years and then back to 12 months, then 90 days. 
and make sure you flush out the things that are going to change your business over the five years um, in the next 90 days. What are, the, what are the little things that we can be doing now that will really affect this business going forward? So, and that just brings them to the top because we get stuck, like you said, do, in the doing, like doing the $20 an hour jobs, you know, where there's some, you know, the really big rocks in your business, you know, the $1,000 an hour jobs that should be what you're concentrating on every Monday and Tuesday of the week before you get worn out. They're the ones that you should be doing, you know, as a, as you elevate yourself up as being a business operator and not just a, uh, or business manager, not just an on the ground operator in the business, someone that's actually, you know, yeah. and that's your direction. Once you've got direction, you can look at those things. And I think um, that almost ties back to an episode I did with Carmen Clade um, recently. We were talking about budgeting and that how budgeting should be looked at as one of those high level tasks. And we should be doing that when we're at our best. So not at 10 p.m. at night after we've had a full day out. So I guess this all ties back um, and really considering your why and all that kind of thing. It's one. It's another high level task. And this strategic planning really needs to be done during the day. You've just got to block the time and, and spend the time focusing on it not just i'll do it tonight you know while i have a beer or whatever so it's um some good decisions yeah. are made with a beer in your hand Emily. come on um, <laughs> yeah they they can be but also yeah i just think it's important not to be doing it when you're tired and you're not you're not thinking your best exactly yeah like it's it's one of the most cool things you can do in your business because it's where you're going and the and the impact it can have on your business and it should be a living document when you get to the end of it. And the same with your budget. Like you, most people do a cash flow and they put it to one side and they forget about it. And it should be yeah. once a month. And, yeah. and everybody's got their their electronic cloud source um, banking platforms now they're doing their books on. Most people do. Your budget should be in there. At the end of every month, you should be able to pull down and go, where's your budget actually? What, what's happened? And you should be able to look at the people, even if it's just the husband and wife should be able to look at each other and go, what happened last month? Where we are, you know, yeah. it's a good way to bring the next generation into things, into the conversation every month. It's like, right, oh, this is where we need to be. This is where we're tracking what's going on. And, and that's, yeah. that's part of just being across your business and knowing what's happening. And, and, and that pulls into everything else you do with banks and financiers and everything else like that. Because if you're on, if you're on top of that and you're ahead of the game with how you talk to them, they're far more open to having conversations about giving you more capital when you need them. So Yeah, no, I think that's really important. And that's often a lot of um, things I hear people saying is, oh, we're struggling to get finance. And then, but you ask and they don't have a budget or they're not on top of the position. And so it's a it's the easiest place to even get started, I think, is to to be on top of those key documents and key procedures in your business. And one of the other things that comes out of that, and we're sort of getting away from strategic planning, but it does make a difference, is that um, like with banks taking longer to get finance to people and being a little bit harder to work with, which is why we started finance breaking. Um, but the other part about it is, is that when an opportunity comes up, often you've got 30 days to make a decision. It's on the market, there's an auction coming. Um, if you can get your documents to your bank on day one with everything there, there's there's a 40% chance they might get you an answer on time. If yeah. you can't get them that, there's a 0% chance it's going to happen. Like they'll take three months. We've seen deals done in, in this environment, still seen deals done in 28 days where the, the farmer is really organised 
They've got everything up front and they can just put it straight in. And the yeah. bank has to do the deal. They'll get it in and get it done. Um, whereas if you're, if it's going to take you three weeks to do a cash flow, they, they, they're just not as, yeah, they'll, they'll put you on the back foot and they'll wait three months to do it. And then, then yeah. the opportunity's gone. And then you've got to go and you know, restart again for the next one. Yeah, yeah, cool. So we'll dive back into strategic planning. And I know we've spoken a bit about the importance of it for our businesses, but is there anything else you want to touch on about just how important it is? I think the, the, the key thing for me is around just clarity of where the business is going and then getting everybody in the business on the same page. It's almost like if you've got everybody in the business talking on a strategic planning level about what's going on, on an ongoing basis, and it's something that you sort of review every 12 months, where we're going, why we're we doing it, and what's happening. Um, it's almost like a pre-succession planning type document because everybody knows what everybody's goals are. You know, we don't get to the, you know, you know, the kids been home on the farm for 15 years working not much money, and then mum and dad have said this is the deal. It's like, hang on, I thought something else was happening. Like we've had this this clarity of communication all the way through about what's going on. And yeah. it also opens up the ability to have business conversations within the a farming family so that everybody can talk about what's happening. So there's clarity of direction within the business and what's going on. Um, it helps promote clarity around decision-making. When opportunities come up, you've got really good ability to look at, you know, is this opportunity for us or not? And sometimes you can just look at it really quickly and go, does it fit our goals and where we're going? If it's a no, we just push it to one side. And so that, yeah. there's that mechanism within the business to have that quick conversation about what's going on. And if it, if it still fits those goals, we can go to the person who wants to do it and go, right, go and do the numbers and come back to us. Um, and, you know, let's go and run with it. So there's clarity around, you know, your decision-making process, the direction of the farm. It helps you set up some big goals for where you want to go as well. So, like, if you really yeah. want to go and do something, and then it brings it back to something that's tangible on a, on a monthly basis to actually go out and do to achieve those goals. So it's really important from a, from a business direction point of view and a, and a decision-making point of view that you've got it there and then you use it to help you make decisions all the time. And then you've got a, yeah. a structure behind that, like a, like a board that where you sit there with your accountant and your bank manager or, and your consultant and we have those conversations on a, on a regular basis about what's going on within the business. Um, and so we can start shifting things forward. So Yeah, that's fantastic. I think a lot of people will take, um, our listeners will take a lot from that. Yeah, no, it's, it's, yeah it's, it's key, but it's got to be a living document. So. Yeah, yeah. It's one of those things that there's no point going through it and shoving it in the drawer or back in, the, a, doc, in a filing system on your computer and never looking at it. It, it is important to keep looking at it. Yeah. <laughs> and finally, I just want to explore um, more about how strategic planning can help improve our decision-making. I know we've said it, it helps with our, um, you know, decisions on, on think opportunities that pop up, but is there anything else you want to cover for that decision-making side of it? Um, it's, I think, I think we've covered most of it. It really is just understanding why it is you're doing things. And then once you understand your why, then you understand what things have to look like. Um, and then from there, you can actually really drive into right, what are the things we need to achieve to make this happen and get everybody on board and pulling in one, 
in one direction. Um, and it's, it's a structure as well around that so that, you know, it can sort of stop that antagonism between different members of the business. When someone's got a great idea to go and do something, yeah, someone else doesn't want to do it. It's like, right, yeah. well, how do we how do we resolve this instead of just having one person going, I want to do it, and one person going, I don't want to do this, and just letting that tension simmer for the next three years. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so what what are the things we can do around this to to make this you know move forward? And and often that can involve having someone else outside the business um, shine a light on it as well, uh, and just help pull that apart for the different people and go, right, oh, is, does this really work? Um, but it's it's that, init it's that initial grafting go, understanding why, what your goals are and how it all comes together, I think. Yeah, wonderful. Any closing points you want to make about strategic planning and anything else around that space? Um, oh, it's, it's just really important you've, you've got, you understand what it is and why it is you're doing things. I think we've said that enough today, but it's, it's really critical. And when you pull that apart as a family, and like we've, we've spoken about it briefly, but that can take a long time to have that conversation and pull apart what's going on and why and get to the real understanding of what's going on behind the scenes. Um, you know, because most, most farmers like me aren't that good at, you know, exposing everything that's going on. We want to play a cards pretty close to our chest, but it's important we understand what's going on and why. Um, and then, and then we use that to set ourselves to go forward and, and that we, you know, we look at our opportunities and we dream big and we have a really good crack at what's going on a lot because you get one shot at this life stage. Yeah, no, I think that's play. a really good point to close on. Cool. And so I'm going to wrap up with some quick questions. What's your favourite quote? My favourite quote, unfortunately, is huge, but I'll cut it down to the littlest, littlest bit I can, which is Nelson Mandela from his inauguration speech. And he said, our deepest fear is not that we're in the adequate. Our deepest fear is that we're powerful beyond measure. It's our light that frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, intelligent, and fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? Um, which is, yeah, I think it's it really an awesome one. Things. Yeah. 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 And when you're not working on your business, where would we find you? Probably chasing my five kids around the countryside somewhere. So, <laughs> <laughs> no, fair enough. That's a, that's a good one. <laughs> So, so yeah, we've got we've got two ten-year-olds, a seven-year-old, and two four-year-olds, and yeah, it's full on. So yeah, no, it would be. <laughs> and then, if you could recommend something for our listeners to read, listen, or watch, what would it be? Um, for starters, I've got this one, and there's another one from Simon Sinek, which is um, "Start with Why." And I couldn't find that book this morning. It's a red version of this. Um, he's got a great TED talk from probably about twenty years ago now, called "Start with Why." Um, and sort of goes through a lot of marketing things, but it really sort of, it's one of those things of, you know, I start with a business, I'll email them that and say, look at this and talk about this and understand a lot of these principles. Um, and that's a really good place to start. Understand why it is you're doing things and then we can work out what and how. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Well, thank you. Um, and finally, where can people find and connect with you? Um, well, just southernagmanagement.com.au or finance at sagm.com.au. Uh, we've got Twitter and social media and all those sorts of things, but um, and I think that's the best place. Or, or just send me an email, but yeah, you'll yep. find it on the website. Cool. I'll um, I'll pop them in the notes anyway. But thanks so much for joining me today, and um, our listeners, I'm sure, would have got a lot of value from it, and will reach out if they've got any other questions. So, thank you. No, much appreciated, Emily. Have a great day. Aww. 
Thank you for listening to the Rural Bookkeeping Podcast, hosted by Emily Cinderberry. If you loved this episode, be sure to subscribe wherever you're listening. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, why don't you click on over and leave an honest rating and review. Or take a screenshot and share it on your stories and tag us at EJS Business Services. Thanks for listening.